Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Jim joining us from Philadelphia. He was down there for the Vikings game last night. 0-2 to start the season for the Vikes. They only lose by 6, but it felt bigger than that to me. Well, you know, starting 0-2 is bad. It's statistically bad. It's it's the worst thing to do. Uh, Honestly, I think everybody expected them to lose at Philadelphia in Week 2. Uh, realistically, the, the problem is when you lose to Tampa, it puts more pressure on the subsequent games. Yep. I, I will say this. Uh, 0-2 is bad. And last year, they were 11-0 in one-score games. Now they're 0-2 this year. No, and that, that was the fear, was that you know winning close games is not a, a, a repetitive skill, something you can count on. It's more of a, sometimes it's flukish. Hmm. Uh, so, Listen, a lot of bad trends, a lot of fumbles last night. The offensive line is in trouble. The defensive line isn't holding up. They, there are all kinds of negatives, no doubt about it. I'll, I'll just say this. I, I picked them to win 11 games this year. Hmm. I thought they would be 1-2 and two after three weeks. Ah. If they beat the Chargers at home after a 10-game rest, they're 1-2, and two and they're right on track for whatever they want to do. And they still have a lot of winnable games on the schedule later. They still have a lot of divisional opponents left on the schedule later. Uh, so it's just not it's not devastation time yet. It's not it's not good, but it's not it ain't over. I I guess my old school brain comes in and says, boy, whoever controls the line of scrimmage controls the game, and the Vikings got dominated on both sides last night. No, no doubt about it, and that's the strength of the Eagles. The Eagles have an excellent offensive line, an excellent defensive line. Uh, the Vikings' offensive line was completely banged up. Marcus Davenport again couldn't play, and it was also a fascinating strategic matchup. Yeah. Uh, Brian Flores and Nick Sirianni, two excellent coaches. So what did Flores do? He's in the game said, okay, we're going to go light. Uh, we're going to play linebackers and edge rushers. We're going to have athletic guys, a lot of safeties on the field, linebackers. We're going to take away Jalen Hurts' runs. We're going to take away his quick pass off the RPO, and we're going to make them beat us another way. And the Eagles did what really good teams do. They said, okay, we'll beat you another way. And they just ran it up the middle. It's basically, as soon as they realized that the Vikings were going to go with a a undersized front and try to control Hurts. Uh, because, you know, the Vikings defense controlled Hurts throughout, especially mm-hmm. early on. Um, and then as soon as the Sirianni realized that's what the plan was, he said, okay, we're just going to run up the middle until you stop us. And that front could not stop the, Vic- the, uh, the Eagles offensive line. I know people are talking about DeAndre Smith having a great game. Mm-hmm. He did what a decent NFL running back would do. He ran through wide open holes. Yeah, they talk about yards above expected. He probably had yep. a small number there because there was a lot of room uh, for him to yep. run through there. And and on the other hand, Daniel uh, uh, Hunter had three sacks in last night's game. He looked like Daniel Hunter. He looks fantastic. He just doesn't have much help. Uh, yep. Davenport, Davenport is a big red flag. Guy with the injury histories. Uh, and when you sign somebody to a lucrative deal who has an injury history, you're hoping they are able and eager to prove that they are healthy and they're going to be productive, and he has not played the game yet. That could be a big whiff for this team. Uh, Hunter looks great, but he's going to need help. No doubt about it. And and uh, I, we do see uh, uh, more, it seems like, uh, three rushers and eight in drop under Flores, at least the first two games. Is that just because of the game plan for these particular weeks, or do you think we'll see more of that through the season? Well, I think Flores, I think the Vikings blitzed the second most of any team in week one. Mm -hmm. Um, So they blitzed a lot, but they also dropped people in different ways. They use three safeties a lot. Sometimes they use four safeties. Sometimes they use three linebackers. Mm -hmm. Sometimes Flores is throwing the kitchen sink at everybody. So one play, they'll drop eight. The next play, they'll rush five, you know, or six. Uh, It's going to be different on every play. He, 
he knows he doesn't have a great defense person in terms of personnel. He's going to have to find a way to fool people. And again, the problem with good teams is they'll usually figure out what you're doing to fool them, and eventually you just have to make football players plays. And I don't know how good this defense is at that. Uh, the interception by Jackson last night was one of those. He started at the line of scrimmage, filling an A-gap, dropped out immediately, and that did confuse Hertz because Jackson just dropped straight back and made the interception. That clearly looked like Flores' scheme that worked uh, to get a turnover there. Right. I, I think Flores is excellent at that kind of stuff. Uh, he's using multiple sets. He's using all of his players. And you're seeing why they drafted guys like Blackman, uh, You know why that they like Metellus so much. Uh, they like versatile guys, guys who can play safety, can cover, can blitz, can rush, can support the run, uh, and it gives Flores a, a lot of options. problem is that eventually your defensive front just has to stand up, and um, you know they just were not able to do that. Uh, now, not everybody's as good as Philly. Not everybody has the offensive line Philly has, but this defense does have problems, um, and, I mean, eventually you just, you know, after after everybody figures out what the other team's doing, it comes out of blocking and tackling, mm. and this team is not all that talented on defense. It just isn't. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of uh, two rules getting a lot of uh, talk uh, after last night's game. Uh, one that was getting talk before the game was the uh, Philly rush uh, on fourth or third down and one where they get in behind Hertz and just push everyone forward. It's only been legal to do that since 2006, but nobody's really perfected it until the Eagles. Uh, should something be done about basically using physics to you know just push forward and pick up every short yardage play? Yeah, I don't, I don't like it, and yeah. I'm not saying it because they did it against the Vikings. I just don't like it. Yeah. I, I don't think it's football. I think it's rugby. I think to score a touchdown, you should have to run a football play, mm-hmm. and a and a quarterback sneak without somebody pushing him in the back is a football play, mm-hmm. and you, it's a challenge. It's not easy to do. There's an art to it, and if you don't do it well, you're going to get knocked knocked back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, having Eight people shove Jalen Hurts in the back. That's not a football play. It has nothing to do with skill. It has nothing to do with anything other than, as you said, physics. Yep. So I, I hate that rule. Yeah. And the other one, of course, the fumble by Jefferson at the goal line that went over the pylon. So it's defense ball out at the 20-yard line as a touchback. If it was fourth down out on the field of play, they would just take the ball back to where he fumbled it. Uh, it's, it's, it's a very unique rule, and I don't like that one. No, it's a bad rule. And once again, I've always hated that rule. I'm not yeah. just reacting to the moment. Yep. Um, it's just too punitive. And and you know what? This is an entertainment uh, entity. You want people reaching for the goal line. You want the dramatic play. And to punish them that badly for a fumble that the other team did not recover. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one thing if you fumble into the end zone, the other team recovers it. That's fine. But to punish a team that severely, you're taking away a touchdown, taking away a chance at a touchdown, you taking away possession and you're giving the other team a cushy uh, spot on the 20 yard line it's just it's just too it's just too punitive yeah anywhere else on the field a fumble goes out of bounds it still belongs to the offense just back from yep. where it was fumbled so i don't know right. why it's different in the end zone i don't either and it makes me crazy uh, i really think that the ball should just be uh, rewarded the awarded the offense on the one yard line yeah yeah at the spot of the fumble whatever yeah. uh so uh, a little extra time for the Vikings here. They'll, they'll give them some time off. They're kind of beat up. Uh, do we know anything about Ole Udo yet? Sounds bad. I would think he's out for the season. The way oh. that, you know, the coaches tend to talk in code. The way O'Connell was talking late last night, it sounded like a major knee injury. Oh, boy, that's too bad. And 
And yeah. uh, and and then with uh, Darasau dinged up as well, you know he they didn't uh, call up anybody off the practice squad for the game. So the pregame show I was watching, they said that would seem to be a positive sign that uh, that Darasau is ready to go. But I guess he wasn't. Uh, well, they had him work out on the field. They activated him, but then it, it, the ankle just wasn't that good. And it's like you have to make a decision ninety minutes before the game, and. Uh. But and but really by the t- by the time they worked him out, looked them over, they're like, first of all, I know a lot of people were saying that yesterday. I heard it everywhere. Oh, yeah. then you call somebody the practice squad. They're going to start. Yeah. There's nobody on the practice squad they want to play in this game. <laughs> okay. um, they were going to play Udo and Quisenberry and whoever else. So that just didn't have anything to do with anything. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. The sideline was him. He was just standing on the sideline as an absolute emergency fill-in if they had nobody else. And then uh, Garrett Bradbury didn't play. That was expected. Yep. Is that a long-term thing with him? Uh, it's back, and backs uh, are very sensitive. My guess at the moment, it's always dangerous to get it's about injuries. My guess is at the moment is that Darisaw will definitely be back next week and that Bradbury has a chance to be back next week. Uh, Twins winners against the White Sox. Magic number is uh, down to eight. And and I asked you yesterday about the, the game three starter. I meant to say the game four starter because they're probably going to need four starters the way the playoff situation is set up if they advance, of course. But you have to kind of plan for that. So it looked kind of like Maeda the way he pitched last night. Yeah. Um, and really, the way you can set up your, your rotation or everything else, I mean, I think Joe Ryan's the third starter unless yeah. he spits the bit here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Fourth starter, it could be. I mean, they could do all kinds of stuff. They could go Maeda, then bring in, you know, like I'm trying to think, Ober. any lefty, yeah, innings, sure, yeah. and then bring in Ober. You go like three one three, and really mess with the other team's lineup. Uh, there are a lot of things you can do, and you could. You could either start Maeda or Ober, just knowing that they show any signs of trouble, you're going to bring in the other guys as backup. Because, the, I mean, I don't think they want to trot uh, Lopez uh, or Gray out there on three days rest in the playoffs, would they? I don't think they would. Yeah. Uh, and the history of pitchers pitching on short rest in the playoffs is horrific. It is. Uh, you basically, you're taking a good pitcher and making them a bad pitcher and asking them to go do the job. So I really don't think they'd do that. So they hopefully will need a four-starter if they can advance through the first round of the playoffs. No guarantee, as we know, of that. Jim, safe travels. Great. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports at Todd and Sue Ann brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.